Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee and your tea or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for the week ahead. And it's a beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. Gotta love all that sunshine, cooler temperatures hopefully today than we've had in the last couple of days. And wow. So I have a lot to talk about this morning, personal stuff to talk about this morning, but also stuff to talk about as far as the stars. Uh, I want to say good morning to everybody checking in. I saw Tom out there first. Ola and buenos dias to you as well, Tom. And Kathleen Mallory, good morning. It's good to see you. And Tom says, what happens when you live out the transits? Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, he says... Well, make sure you have your astro passport. Good one. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, J-Lo. And awesome, Tanya. Good to see you out there this morning. It's a slow morning for me. Oh, my goodness. So where do I even begin? So I, I was on air Friday, and I told you all that I was having a dickens of a time trying to get on a ferry to go to my son's house in Friday Harbor, which is on an island, um, to surprise him for his birthday. So his birthday is on August 9th. So we have been kind of, you know, in, in mass going over to the island and uh, surprising him on his birthday. And I remember I said that we were, that there were no ferries. We were going to have to get on at 6.15 in the morning and we wouldn't get home until after uh, 10 o'clock. Well, we couldn't get on a ferry until 10 o'clock. And I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm controlling this situation. I have a hand in this creation. So I set the intention that we would get on the perfect ferry at the perfect time and all of that. Right. And I, the, I'm paraphrasing. So while I was on the show on Friday and unbeknownst to me, uh, because I can't really read the, the scrolling, you know, uh, it, conversations going on with family while I'm on air. Uh, the My daughter-in-law had actually been able to get us on a later ferry and on an earlier ferry coming home. So we were going to get to be on the 9.05 a.m., which is perfect timing to get to the island. And we were coming home at 6.30, right? Awesome. So I was so excited, right? Because intention works. <laughs> it really does, right? So then Friday was a wash because I had a wedding to go to. And that was a wedding of my son that passed away last year's uh, stepdaughter. And he was supposed to help give her away. He was going to give her away and her father. So they were going to tag team her down the aisle. And for whatever reason, it didn't occur to me how emotional the wedding was going to be. Um, we had sent a picture of Brian to um, my, well, who would have been my daughter-in-law, had they been able to get married. Um, and what they did was saved a seat in the front row where the father and mother of the bride would have sat and put his picture there with some flowers and a beautiful plaque that said that, you know, we know you're present here. And whew, it was so emotional. I, I lost it. I totally lost it. 
uh, everybody who you know was walking up to the front uh, saw this little um, altar, if you will. It was on a chair. And then when the mother of the bride uh, was brought in, she sat down on one side of it and her mother sat on the other side of it, you know, by where Brian would have been sitting. And then the weirdest, so anyway, that part was really emotional. The wedding went off without a hitch after that. And then we go down into the reception and the reception um, was beautiful. It was in this big room. There's lots of fresh air blowing around. And the first thing that happens, and these are things, some of these things I'm going to share are things that, you know, we know when Brian is around us. First of all, a feather flies in and lands on the floor. Now, that's not too surprising or shocking, right? That part isn't, except that's one of the signs that we get that Brian is present. And uh, so my daughter picks up the, the feather and she says, look at this. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's here. And then um, once the wedding party comes in, the LED lighting above us, just above us, just my table and my daughter's table, because we were at neighboring tables, starts blinking, <laughs> flickering off and on. Nobody else's lights are flickering off and on, just ours over our tables. And they're LEDs, which don't flicker. So that was weird. We knew Brian was here. And then, you know, um, they we ate and then we had the, the first dance, you know, the whole, um, you know, dancing thing. And the DJ said to the bride, what kind of song do you want me to play next? And she says, you know what? Your choice. You pick a song. He picks the song that was like a party song that for our family and his family or, you know, her family with um, Brian. And, oh, my God, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Everybody's out there dancing, but tears streaming down everybody's face. It was crazy. It's like we knew he was there. Okay. It was magical, but also so emotional, still apparently emotional. And we just didn't realize how emotional we would get, but it was very clear he was there. And then Saturday, we left the wedding. We were all like totally just emotionally wrung out, you know, you can imagine. Saturday comes and we get all ready to go. We're cooking and, you know, getting ready to take food over to Leslie's house. Yesterday morning, we get in line for the ferry and the guy looks at us and he goes, you know, your ferry's been canceled, right? <laughs> I went, no, you are kidding me. He said, no, no, we had to use the boat for something or the boat broke down. That's what it was. The boat broke down. So we have what we're doing is putting you guys on a, a we're adding you. Friday Harbor as a stop for the 940 ferry. <laughs> I'm like, okay, next time when I set an intention, I'm going to absolutely say and make it with ease and grace because I didn't say that, but it turned out easy for us to get there. It just, we were later than we expected, which cuts the time, you know, that we have to be there with, <laughs> with Wesley. And, um, <laughs> Then we go to go home. Coming home, we were supposed to be on a 6.30 ferry. I didn't set any intentions about coming home. Not one. Because I just didn't think there would be a problem getting home. And uh, we get there. You're supposed to be at the the terminal. 
an hour ahead of time. Kind of like, you know, when you get on an airplane, you go early. <laughs> so we were there an hour early. The guy draws a happy face on our windows and says, okay, leave, go somewhere else, come back at 630. I'm like, okay, well, what's that all about? And he's like, the ferries are running late. And I'm like, okay. So I check on their, their website and it says the ferries are running 15 minutes late. Okay, that's cool. But why are you having us come back at the time we're supposed to sail? I went, okay, yeah, no big deal. So we hung out in town, walked around, you know, talked. And then we get back in line at, we get back at 630. And there's this whole parking lot filled with cars. And he's like, oh, okay, you have a smiley face. You go up to this other um, parking lot, like the upper parking lot, which is where they set the sand, the standby uh, people <laughs> And I'm like, but wait, 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 we had a reservation. And he's like, upper, upper lot. And we're like, okay. So we get in the upper lot and it is jam packed. And now my youngest daughter is fit to be tied because she's like, oh my God, what's going on here? So we walk down to go find a bathroom and end up, I end up chatting up the ferry guy. And he said, yeah, no, your ferry is going to be more like an hour late. And we're like, oh, okay. So an hour is not so bad, right? Not so bad. Um, and I said, well, why are we up in that lot? Because that lot's usually standby, meaning that if you didn't get a reservation, then you get on if there's room. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you guys are going to get on that boat. And then a boat comes and leaves and we're not on it. No one from that lot was on it. And then we're sitting there, it's like eight o'clock and we're just, we're bushed, right? We're tired and getting on a boat at eight o'clock means you're not getting home until 10 or 1030, um, you know, cause it's an hour crossing. And then by the time you get un off the, the ferry and get, you know, home, it's really super late. So consequently we got home really super late last night, but we did get on a ferry what a day, what a weekend. I feel like I was ragdolling all weekend long from one thing to another. And here's where the astrology part comes in. <laughs> I totally forgot that there was a Mars square Uranus uh, transit happening on Sunday. Yes, this is why we should remember these things because I was observing my daughter who was going sky high. She's a Sagittarian, so she's fire. She's going sky high with irritation because number one, she has to pee. <laughs> she can't find a bathroom that's open. When we get in the bathroom, it is disgusting, right? Just disgusting. Like no one's cleaned it. They're using paper towels instead of toilet paper uh, and other, you know, gross. It was just gross. And then uh, she sees these other cars getting on the ferry and not us. And she, she flipping lost it. She just... Mars, anger, action, aggression, even. Uh, I think it was only because I was there that she didn't go up and chastise every fairy worker that she could find. And um, Saturn, right? There's going to be delays. There's going to be upset. There's going to be unexpectedness around, you know, the, the systems and things like that. Saturn rules the systems, the institutions. And I can tell you that the transportation department for Washington state must be struggling mightily with ferries breaking down, ferries getting in accidents, and then trying to keep up with the summer 
uh, tourist season, which is when all those ferries are in use, right? People going to the islands for tourism. Uh, so it was a crazy day. It was a crazy day. And I think the only thing that was my saving grace in all of it was the intention I originally set <laughs> that we would be able to get to the islands. Getting home to me wasn't going to be as big of a deal. I, I never thought about the going home part because I was just worried about getting there for Wesley's birthday. So, so my whole point in sharing the stories was because we're in a storytelling time, I might as well tell the story, but two things. One, that setting intentions and taking the action steps that are showing, showing up in response to those intentions really does work, but it also is worth paying attention to what it is that you're actually intending and how you are setting that intention. You know, we've been sort of, I don't know, flying by the seat of our pants, a little bit lazy around what the words are that we use when we set an intention, right? We may think that we're actually setting an intention for what we want or what we desire, which is what I thought I was doing, right? I wanted to get to my son's house for his birthday. And that was what I saw in my mind. And I wanted on a ferry that was going to get us there in a reasonable amount of time. And I just forgot the ease and grace part. But even so, right, it all worked out. It worked out perfectly. So any other kinds of intentions that we set, we need to be very clear about what it is that we're saying. Now, we don't have to get so detail oriented. Like I didn't have to say to the universe, I want to be on the 905 ferry and I want to get there with ease and grace and I want to make sure I get home on my 630 ferry, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to get that detailed, but it does kind of make me think about tuning in a little bit closer to what it is that I want when I set those intentions but they work. That was the whole point, right? They work. And it's amazing what happens when we start living intentionally. There's that. And the other part of the story was that sometimes these transits that I'm talking to you about, like I talked about the Mars square Saturn for Sunday on Friday when we were together, it didn't stick in my mind. And when all the chaos was erupting around us around getting home, I, I didn't even... It, it didn't occur to me that that's what was at uh, effect, right? It didn't occur to me that that was driving some of the chaos, some of the craziness that's going on. So lesson learned, pay attention to the transits and be prepared. Like there's nothing I could have really done. I could have set an intention, but a lot of the things that were going on were out of my control. There's, I don't control the ferry system, but I do control me and me keeping in in uh, alignment with my own peaceful self was difficult at best and yet i also got to watch other people and it wasn't just my daughter who was losing it there were other people all around losing it all day right i saw people losing it all day it was kind of crazy um so we're always living these astrology moments. That's why I, in the beginning, when I named my business Living Astrology, it was because of that. We're actually living it. Every day and every moment, we're living astrology. So, all right. So let's see, how's everybody doing? There's a lot of you out there this morning. If I've missed you, Elisa, good morning. And JLo, that's beautiful. Thank you. Christine Buckingham, Amanda J. Kajella, good morning. Nico, good to have you with us. Um, JLo, funny, I was looking at the feather on your light moving. 
uh, oh, up behind me, maybe. I don't know where my, I have a feather moving, but yeah. Um, thank you all for the hugs and love. I love it. Uh, Tom, I love you, Janet. I love you too, Tom. Uh, love and gratitude and hugs. Everybody, any questions? Um, Nico, Nico, Corey. Hey, Corey, it's good to see you. Rashmi, good morning to you. Kathleen Mallory, thank you. Michelle, great to see you. Natasha, good morning to you. And uh, I'm so glad that you are all here this morning. Now let's turn our attention to some of the things that are going to happen this week. Um, this morning, I didn't really decide that I was coming on air until about seven o'clock when I went, wait a minute, I can do this. I can do this. I can go on air and I don't even have to have all the prep done. So I can do this. This morning, uh, or this week, I mean, what we're talking about is the full moon, right? That happens on the 11th on Thursday. And that's the most powerful uh, aspect for the week. It also comes on the same day that Venus changes signs from Cancer into Leo. So we get into a very self-expressive time with Venus energy being very loving and romantic and affectionate in the sign of Leo, albeit a bit dramatic, maybe like there's a drama flair. I really think of Venus in Leo as the consummate actress <laughs> and, you know, all of the drama played out, uh, all of that sort of love relationship drama playing out, um, but also with a reminder to be very much in your own self-expression, living your own authenticity, being you know, in alignment with your own true self, your, your higher being. So that, that's a positive on the day of the full moon, but this is full moon is going to be a bit tricky because it's the, the moon herself will be in a conjunction to Saturn. And that brings the energy of, you know, sadness or depression or where we've been too narrow minded or rigidness into the full moon. And then that full moon sun are also squaring Uranus. And that means Saturn is also going to be in a square to Uranus. So I want you to, you know, put your memory banks to work because back in December of 2021 and uh, all throughout 2021 and early in 2022, we had a Saturn Uranus square happening. And over and over, right, they, they, were, um, they were never far from what we say is orb. So there was a lot of, you know, chaos and, you know, sort of the, the de decay and destruction type of thing coming to the surface. Um, there were uh, amazing um, things that were happening, but also shocking things that were happening. And here we are at the very last coming together of Saturn and Uranus and the signature of their coming together is in this full moon. And you kind of get the feeling if you just, if you're an astrologer and you know this, but maybe even you guys, you know, not necessarily being astrologers, but knowing some astrology, you kind of get the feeling that we're punching through something with this full moon. Like we're, you know, we're finally moving through maybe some last hurdles or something is about to give, if you will. Like I was thinking about this this morning in relation to my story that I was going to tell about the fairy system. And I mean, I was all ready to write letters to the editor about the fairy system in Washington state. And you know, what the heck is going on with all of you guys that you can't get a grip. 
but I realized it's symptomatic of everything that is happening in our world as we are in a process of, we're moving ever closer, I would say, to an evolutionary leap. And so all of the systems and structures and the complexity of those systems and structures that we've put into play are all being shown for the craziness that happens when you have too complex of a structure or a, a, that you can't keep, you can't uphold the complexity. So the full moon is bringing that into play. And on the very same, uh, or the day after the full moon, Uranus changes gates in our human design into the gate of simplicity. It's called the gate of assimilation or the gate of uh, transmission in quantum human design. But we know it as a gate, the gate 23, which sits on the throat center, moving up toward the Ajna. So it's the center gate. We know that gate to be one that really shows us where we've gotten too big, where it's not sustainable to continue in a way that we've been doing something. And those cracks are going to be getting wider and wider over those next few weeks. And then Uranus is going to give us a break. He's going to move back into the gate two, where we get back into the allowing and setting intentions and being intentional and living intentionally. And then next year goes back to the 23. So we're wobbling between uh, a time period where we are setting intentions for what we desire, what the world, what we want the world to be like, or what we want our systems to look like, or what we want our lives to look like and a time where anything not in alignment with that will come down, right? It's just going to come down. So the struggle, you know, between the old and the new is also being played out with Saturn as Saturn as a planet represents the old and the new, right? He, he represents the old when he is in Capricorn. And when I say old, I don't mean he, he represents what's been, the traditions, if you will, the, the foundation of things, the roots, the way things have been in the past. And then in Aquarius, where he's planted now, it's about taking the best of the past and moving it into the future and doing it in a sustainable way. So he's also playing out that role and Uranus is playing out his part in that. So is it any wonder that we see the effects of many of our structures and forms crumbling and making room, if you will, for something new, right? The, the, a newer, more sustainable, perhaps, system coming in. So all of that's playing out in the full moon as well. Now, these are bigger concepts that I'm talking about, but you're also an individual being affected by these same things right? The same energies are playing out in your personal chart. So wherever Aquarius in, and Leo are in your chart, this is the opposition point that the full moon will be at. And then the point of the opposition being in a T-square is at Uranus in Taurus. So we have three signs that we should really be tuned into, Aquarius, Leo, and Taurus, and what's happening in your own chart in those signs. And if you have planets in those signs, and more specifically at the degree of the full moon, uh, which is 19 degrees of, of Aquarius, and the sun will be at 19 degrees of Leo, then you're really being impacted. 
And that means your own life is under change, right? The structures of your own life, that might mean your relationship, that might mean your work or your job. It might mean, uh, you know, the, the things that you've built, like typical house or your health or any of these kinds of things. But I don't want you to forget that even though things may be changing and that there may be some, you know, litter behind you, you know, as we move forward based on things that are, you know, changing or being, you know, deconstructed in order to be reconstructed, um, that you still have the power, the intention to create what you want from there. In other words, you're never really a victim of any of the circumstances that are occurring, your own victimness comes in with what you're thinking about, focusing on, and then what you take action on, right? So many of you who've had soul realignment readings with me, we're talking always about the choices that you've made and how those choices have pulled you out of alignment. So we're restructuring basically your, um, your life to come back into alignment with the highest expression of you as a soul being. Um, but every day we're making choices every minute we're making choices so in this full moon what we might see is the effect of some of our choices that we've made right as things maybe crumble or things don't turn out the way that you think they're going to turn out or the 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 role of the full moon is really to shine a giant spotlight uh into the inner workings of things it's the moon that's full so the moon that's full is reflecting the actions that we've taken from the sun. What are we going to see in that reflection, right? Are we going to see something that gives us that aha moment, that, that revelation that tells us, oh, now I know what to do. Now I know where to go. Now I know what's been wrong, why it's not been working. Uh, or are we going to have the moment that says, oh, I've got to change the way I'm doing things, right? I've got to change the way I'm living. I've got to change the way I'm working. I've got to change the way I'm eating. You could fill in the verb, whatever it is that you've been doing. You might have that revelation moment about what it is that needs to change, right? That's the purpose. Now, I'm going to try to show you my screen so we can take a look at the chart of the full moon because I don't think I got to share it with you. Um, let's see, is it going to be a window? No, it's going to be a Microsoft Edge. Okay, hold on. I'm going to do something different for a moment and bring up the picture and then share. There we go. All right. So hopefully you are seeing a picture of the chart of the full moon. So the full moon is on Thursday, August 11th at 9.36 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So that means it will be 6.36 p.m. for those of us on the West Coast. And then if you're in Europe, uh, it's likely going to be five hours after that. That's going to put it on August 12th for those of you in uh, the time zones, you know, further east. So you can always check uh, on uh, astro.com and find what it is the time period will be for your full moon where you live. But here's the, here's the, the sun at 19 degrees of Leo. And here is the moon and a conjunction to Saturn at the 19 degree and 22 degree mark of uh, Aquarius. So this forms an opposition. That's what this red line here is showing you, an opposition. And then 
the moon and Saturn make a square to the planet Uranus, who's at 18 degrees, right? And the North Node, so the threesome, the North Node, Uranus, and Mars, they are still very close together. So literally, we're still being impacted by that triple conjunction back from July 31st um, on August 11th in that full moon. So we're still, you know, changing and being jostled around and upset and turned over, turned inside out, right? All of that. And then when we look at the sun, the sun is also a square over here at that Uranus-Mars North Node conjunction. So that's the point. That's the funnel, right? So the energy of the opposition is being pushed toward the tip right here. Here's the tip. So... This is the most energetic, probably the most energetic full moon so far of this year. We've had others that were pretty energetic, but this is one that will probably create the most maybe angst for some people, the most um, exhilaration for others uh, because of the nature of the T-square. We're being forced to make a move. You've heard the saying, um, forced through the eye of the needle. I think that's how they say it. Well, that's that feeling, right? We're being sort of pushed into, you know, a, a new expression of who we are, a more simplified version. If we look at Taurus, a more grounded in reality uh, kind of purpose. So simple, less complex, of course, grounded, practical. And also Taurus is the sign of manifesting. It is the high manifesting sign mostly because once it digs in about something it wants, it doesn't release, right? It holds its, it holds its state, its steadiness and um, whatever it's steering itself toward, it will stay with that energy when it's working in its highest. So when it's working in its lowest, it can get stubborn, it can get stuck, it can hold its ground and not want to move. So we, we're feeling this friction. I don't know if you guys can see me, but, you know, the friction, if you rub your hands together, you feel the heat that begins to build up. That's friction. And that's what we're all feeling, friction. The friction between staying where we are and the friction of the forces that are compelling us to move forward. So friction, heat. And what we end up doing is, you know, we start to, to vibrate at a higher rate to, in response or it or you know, somehow get angrier or hotter about things. So we need to slow down the friction and begin the process of allowing things to change in our lives, in our world organically, and stop fighting the direction that we feel that we're going in. So those of you out there who are my Tauruses, you live this. <laughs> you, you live this on a regular basis. Now all of the rest of us are living this Taurus need to have that stability, but also to be able to move forward in some powerful way. And as I was talking about on last Wednesday, when, when Tam was with me, the uh, T-square always has an opposition point, and that's going to fall over here at 19 degrees of Scorpio. Um, you don't see it in this drawing, but at 19 or 17, um, Scorpio is where the south node is. And 19 Scorpio is going to be the exact opposition point of this full moon, uh, the other T-square, if you will, right? It's going to be a T-square. So if you think about the sign of Scorpio, its lowest energy is holding on, 
right? Holding on to old thoughts and processes, old grievances. There's a lot of, in the negative, some unforgiveness, revenge, jealousy, possessiveness. Those are sort of the, the more negative energies of, of uh, Scorpio that we're in a process of releasing, right? So the anger at things that have happened, like I'm watching, I have been watching sort of the um, January 6th, not resurrection, insurrection in the US, you know how the Congress was meeting and they were having all of these different um, uh, meetings and interviewing all of these different people. And I thought, God, they're just dragging this out. You know, we're just four or five months away from this two-year anniversary of this insurrection, and we're still living it. So we're dragging it out. This is the energy of Scorpio working in the negative, right? We're dragged. Not that I don't think something should be done. Not that I think it's not a great lesson for us to learn from and to go forward with. But are we really moving forward or are we just playing out the revenge, vindictiveness cards instead of, you know, taking everybody's concerns from that day and doing something about it, right? Just that's sort of a political look. But what ends up happening here is in that south node, we're holding all of those old things and we have to release them or we can't move forward. And what we need to move forward to in this empty space is self-mastery, right? It's all about the masterfulness and living in the um, realizing that we are all responsible in some way for everything that's going on. And we need to take those steps and move forward ourselves. So this full moon is really interesting in that way. Now, we also have Pluto in play here. This is Pluto. Pluto is actually in a trine to Uranus, Mars, and the North Node. And so we get a real good opportunity to transform if we do it in a grounded step-by-step way, right? If we're doing the steps, if we're willing to make a move, we can't stay stuck. But if we're willing to move, then Pluto, the great transformer and empowerer, is there to help us by using the trine energy. And then as well, Mercury at 18 degrees of uh, Virgo is also empowering us with a new message, right? A new message. So there's, and there's also, I didn't even realize this one. Yeah, I guess I did the Venus and Neptune trine, which taps us into our intuition, our higher self, uh, unconditional love, right? It brings us kind of the ability to rise above and, and do say, do things from uh, a new uh, perspective. And even Jupiter here, he's, you know, in retrograde at the moment, hanging at eight degrees of Aries and, you know, holding us to bold moves in a new direction. But because he's in retrograde, those bold moves have to be changes that we are willing to make on the inside, changing who we are inside fundamentally. So I know that's a lot, kind of a deep look at what's going on with that full moon, but I think it's so powerful, right? It's just so powerful and one that is well worth us taking a look at. Good morning, Shayla. I haven't seen you in forever. It's good to see you out there. 
Brenda Gagnon, good morning to you. Erica says, LOL, my husband and I went to our favorite local amusement water park and he went to talk to the manager on staff because he was beside himself about how it was operating. That's so funny, right? And I want to talk about that next, right? Erica, you bring up a good point there. And even my daughter, who was irritated as, you know, I'll get out with the ferry system, there's a need for us to take that anger, that righteous anger, that disgust at that how things are happening, and to do something about it. So we talked on Friday, too, about this week that was coming up, the week of uh, being the gate seven in our human design. The gate seven is a, a leadership sort of gate, but it's kind of the leadership of the masses. So it, the 31 is more about the figurehead leader, where the gate seven is more about the collaborators, right? I put us in the category of collaborators because we have to ask this question. What is our role in leadership? What is our role in the institutions, in the government, in any community? What is our role? So the gate seven says, okay, if we're all collaborators, then we hold a, a responsibility, each one of us does, in the development or the redevelopment of the systems and the institutions that we're a part of. We've played a role. And this isn't about blaming, right? I'm not talking about us blaming ourselves or anything like that. But it does speak to what are you willing to do about it, right? Your husband, Erica, you know, willing to step up and go to the management and say, you know, there's something wrong here. What can we do, right? Or, you know, what's going on? At the very least, find out and get an understanding of what's going on. And, you know, in any interaction that you have with, it, could, it doesn't even have to be the government. It can be, you know, a water park, an amusement park, um, the team that is meant to, to keep the bathrooms clean, right? Uh, and, and find out because we each have the responsibility as collaborators in every system that's out there. And when we step up and we empower ourselves to do something about it, then change can happen, right? We have to we have to be able to set that intention for how we think our systems should be running and then hold shared consensus. I mean, I think every one of us right here, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, you live in another country, I bet you every one of us holds the opinion or the thought that the bathroom should have toilet paper, they should be clean, right? The trash should be empty. We, we all hold, those are things that we can all commonly agree on. And then how do we support that to happen? Because everybody is like, well, that's not my problem, right? They turn their head. That's not walking by homeless person. That's not my problem. So I'm, I'm just not going to make eye contact with you because if I do, then I might have to have empathy for you. Right? If I see a bathroom that's got no soap, and no toilet paper, right? I could blame those people for not taking care of that. Or I could go to someone and say, you know, the bathrooms really need some help. 
how many of you do that? How many of you, and those are small examples. I mean, I could probably think about this and come up with huge examples of times where, you know, we all kind of walk by the problem and don't do anything about it, right? It's not my problem, but yeah, they're shitty at taking care of the bathrooms or, you know, look at these people. They don't know what they're doing, right? We can do that or we can be more civic minded, if you will, and more responsible for our co-creations, right? Um, when we are collaborators, we also hold responsibility for the inner discussion that's going on, right? Our inner voices, right? Um, because we can, we, we have to have a strong inner self or we end up getting swept away in herd mentality, right? The, the latest trends, uh, group mind, right? So you, I, I've been, I don't know if you guys have seen the show, but there's a show on Netflix, I believe it is about Woodstock 99, which I, I was around in 1999. I don't remember anything about it, maybe because I live on the West Coast and it was primarily happening in the East Coast and about how the masses out of, you know, anger and disgust and the, the conditions were deplorable. And they started, somebody started a fire. And before you know it, all of the people, not all of them, but a good number of the people joined in and created a riot of destruction at that venue. That is the that is the negative version of collaboration, right? We can collaborate in that herd mentality that's destructive, or we can collaborate uh, in constructive ways. So I urge everybody to take a look at the things that you're participating in and how can you participate in a more positive way, right? In a more positive way. Um, but a first step to all of that is that each one of us have to recognize our inner truth. And that's a part of the energy at the gate seven that we haven't talked about yet is that this is on the center for love and direction. It's the identity center. I did have a, I did have a picture of that too. So let me share that with you. Um, <laughs> Here we go. So here's our human design. Uh, and this is really just the sun and the earth. So we have the sun at gate seven, which is on the identity center. That's this yellow center here. And the gate 13 is where the earth is. That's called the gate of the listener. And you can see if you look at the mandala here, the 13 puts us in Aquarius territory. And the seven over here puts us in Leo territory. So this mandala looking... Uh, um, graphic really helps us to see both the astrology and the human design in what is happening for us right now. Now, recognizing your own truth, because this is the center for love and direction. And some of you are going to have this colored in and you have a very defined sense of direction and a sense of who you are, a sense of self. Some of you have this open, which means it would be white, which means that you are somewhat more 
affected by the people that you are around. So if you are not aware of that openness in your own chart, you could, you might get caught up easy, in, a, in a more easier way than those who have it defined um, in things that are happening in the mass consciousness or in the consciousness of the people around you. So it really is important to understand your own human design and how it works so that when you are around a group of people and you start to see the, the, the negative pulse that they might be, you know, getting ready to, to go with, that you're able to hold your own and say, wait, that's not me, right? That's not me. Because when you have an open identity center, that's how you are evaluating who you are is by who is around you. And if who you are around are people that are not very aware or are angry, then that's who you think you are. But it's not true, right? It's conditioned because of the people. So if you remove yourself away from those people or limit your interaction with those people, then you're limiting the impact that they have on your own human design. That's not to say that you are weak by any means. So the don't don't mistake what I'm saying there about this as, you know, somehow you're weak-willed or whatever. It's not that at all. But you're someone who's designed to be open to understanding the people around you. You would make great counselors or coaches or therapists because you feel what other people are feeling. You sense what other people's identities are. So I don't want you to think it's a bad thing. It's just that you have to be more aware about who you are around. Now, gate 13, so the earth sitting at the gate 13, she's always going to bring up the challenge, the earth does. <clears throat> the challenge with the gate 13, uh, because it's a storytelling gate and because it's a gate about listening, might be taking messages from others and moving them and believing that they might be part of who you are. I call the 13 sort of a, a story miner, right? Mining for stories, but you don't really mine for stories. People just want to give you stories, especially if you have this natally, if you have the gate 13 to find, people drop their stories in on you. But right now, all of us are kind of magnets for other people's stories, right? Normally you're in the grocery store and nobody's talking to you or nobody's telling you their stories. You might find yourself <laughs> through the rest through Thursday um, in the receipt of somebody's story. So you have to be aware of who you are versus who the other is. But what it triggers for all of us in the end is empathy, right? Being able to empathize, but not take on their stories. We don't want to take on anybody else's story, but we want to be able to have empathy which is different that sympathy makes us want to take action to help make it better for them. But empathy says, I feel you, brother. I feel you, sister. I've been there too. And let me hold space for you to move through this time or through this experience. I don't feel like I have to do anything for you except just hold that story for you or to be there for you. So empathy is the net result of be gate 13. Now, if you take empathy 13 and we apply it to the sun at gate seven, what we have is our, our from, for, from a place of empathy for our fellow human beings, 
then we hold ourselves responsible for the collaboration for bettering the world, right? Bettering the world. That's difficult. And I'm not saying that you have to take on the weight. We're not Atlas, right? We don't have to take on the weight of the world, but for whatever it is that you can do in the situation that you are living in, you should do it, right? You, you, you do what you can in collaboration with others in your own world that affects positively the way that the world is moving. Does all of that make sense to everybody? It, it's, it's, it's heart centeredness, right? Sometimes that's hard to convey in words. Uh, okay. So Natasha, I have a dear friend's husband who works for the ferry system. They are very shorthanded. They are right. That's been a struggle. And then you have ferries going down, breaking, um, getting in accidents and things like that. And that stresses the system even more. But what that tells us then is that there is a problem at some level, right? That need, needed to be addressed a while ago, but wasn't, right? So, yeah. And, and there are lots of pressures coming to bear on everything. And again, it's not about blaming anybody or blaming the government or blaming whatever, because that is old, 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 old energy but rather how can we collaborate and bring new solutions to old problems, right? Because we are a part of, we're either a part of the solution or we're a part of the problem, right? Which do we want to be, right? I'm saying, let's be part of a solution. Let's put forth ideas, right? Let's do what we can um, in the face of the situations that we find ourselves in. Uh, here we go again, Tom says, out with the old and in with the new. Did exactly that. Um, Kajela, when you say 19 degrees, you were referring to our natal charts, right? Yes, I am talking about that's where the moon and the sun are going to be by transit in that sign. And then that's where it's affecting you in your chart. So if in your chart, you have planets at that degree, then those planets are going to be sort of stimulated by the movement of the moon and the movement of the sun. And of course, then the, the T-square to the point at Uranus. I don't know that any of us are going to get away without being affected by this over time, right? Maybe not on that day, but over time. Uh, but that's what I mean by that, okay? Um, uh, Rashmi, uh, okay, I, I don't do that type of astrology. I, I really am just Western astrology. I think you're talking more Eastern astrology. Um, <laughs> Tom says the eye of the needle has to do with camels and rich men. <laughs> uh, okay, Christine, they are trying to set out a very clear and concise legal case for uh, Garland Merritt to do something about it. Indeed, I, I get that. I really do. My point was that is there a better way then like, are, are we addressing the problem, the thing that happened, or are we addressing the problem that allowed that to come to the surface and to be expressed that way? So I'm not saying that there shouldn't be consequences for the people that did what they did, but I am saying that nobody is yet looking at, well, why was it so easy to stimulate this crowd to do these kinds of things? What is the anger and what's its source, and what can we do about it? 
I feel like there was something about white men feeling excluded, feeling the pain of a new world, a changing world, and kind of revolting against that. So lots of things that we could talk about around that, but just from an astrological point of view, when we're looking at where we are right now, there's got to be a better way, right? Rather than us doing the revenge and the dragging people through the mud and dragging things on and on and on and on and on. Let's, somebody should start the conversation concurrently about the bigger picture here. And what is it that we need to do to prevent that maybe from happening in the future? How can we better listen to all peoples, right? To all the voices. It's not an easy thing. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's definitely something that we need to look at in a different way. Hello, Andy girl. It's good to see you out there. And any other questions? Um, okay, I'm not sure that I see. Okay, here we go. Brenda, how about the prison system? We treat our fellow people with many times significant mental health issues like animals, disgusting practices, and abuses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I think it's easy in our very big world that we live in to get a, you know, it used to be we'd be in tribes or communities, right? We were very community oriented. And we would participate in our community meetings. We would participate in, you know, we would take part in our um, in our communities or in our cities or towns. But, you know, life has gotten way more complex. Cities are very big. And how many of you, honestly, raise your hand, you know, no one's going to see you, um, ever participate in your city's government or in the issues that are important to you? I can honestly say that I don't, I don't, I haven't, right? And you could say that it's because there hasn't been an issue that I felt really strongly about, or is it more like the big issues aren't being taken care of by anybody, right? We're talking about it in behind the scenes, but are we really, you know, talking about it at a community level where action can be taken? So, I mean, again, we're doing this self three thing here. <laughs> so self-mastery is we have to look at what our own role is in this collaboration, right? The collaboration in our town or community, in our family, in our state, in our country, in our earth, on our earth, right? Because we're all playing a part here. Uh, so let's see, Pam, workers need a break from the, you know, shit show after, um, Everyone wants stuff to go back to normal. Oh, yeah, after COVID, that's what you're talking about indeed, right? There is no normal now. Workers not changed, trained, management sinking, indeed, right? You go to the grocery store. What was it I was looking for the other day? Vinegar. I was looking for a gallon. I wanted a gallon of white vinegar. Um, the whole vinegar shelf was gone. And I was like, well, is there a run on vinegar? <laughs> Like, did everybody, like, was there a sale? Did someone have a sale on vinegar? But it's kind of that same story that 
things, the shelves aren't getting restocked or the manufacturing of things isn't happening so that things aren't being shipped to stores and, and all of that. So it's a whole stream of things that are happening. Um, and one of the things that we have to do is to keep our collaboration going, right? Keep remembering that we're all a part of this. Uh, J-Lo, the transits, I have all gates are active there. I have it defined with 50, oh, the uh, identity center. Yep. Good morning, justice for all. It's good to see you. And she said she's been feeling a lot of stress, worrying about her family not coming together. I hate having their burdens flowing in my head. It, so much I could say about that. <laughs> so much I could say, right? Their burdens are not your burdens, right? But what can you effectively do to help, right? How can you just be and empathize, but not sympathize, right? You don't have to be the one who has to do something about it unless it's specifically your responsibility. Um, so Justice, I am trying to clear my head to handle some paperwork, purge my house and to move homes. Please help if you can. Justice, the only way that I would really be able to help is to do a transit reading for you. I can tell you that that this is a time of a lot of change. And obviously, in your life, that's up for you, right? There's a lot of changing things going on. Um, what I can say is try to stay out of your head, right? Your head does not need to be around what you should or shouldn't do for other people in your family or about your thought processes about getting into anxiety or worry for others. Um, and I don't have time this morning to take a look at your personal chart, but maybe I'll take, I, I, don't, I don't even know who you are for real. <laughs> so you're going to have to tell me who you are for real. Do this. Send me an email at Janet, J-A-N-E-T at living-astrology.com with your real name and your birth date and your birth time and your birthplace. And I'll try to sometime today fit in uh, looking at your chart and give you some clues as to what is going on for you. Um, so vinegar is $19 a gallon at Home Depot. What the heck? What's up with vinegar? That's so funny. And I'll tell you, I wanted vinegar. I wanted vinegar because I noticed that when I took clothes out of my washing machine that they did not smell clean that they smelled kind of i don't know like dirty still and uh, i said something to to terry my husband about it and he goes oh i have a life hack for that and i said okay what's that and he said vinegar my mom used to take two cups she would wash the machine out with two cups of white distilled vinegar in hot water and just clean out the machine and then she would pour like a half a cup of uh white vinegar in with the laundry to keep the soap scum from building up in the machine. And also it did wonders for the laundry. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, Mr. Lifehack, I'll try it. So that's why I was out looking for vinegar. So in, interesting, interesting. Um, Brenda, I think the world people are learning on different levels that we no longer take anything for granted. Yes, that's a good point, Brenda. But I also think that we've gotten painfully away from being a participant in the world and just living off the world, living, uh, you know, taking it for granted, right? Taking the systems, taking the, the environment, taking people for granted. 
And now maybe what we're seeing is that we really need to stay as part of it, right? We're part of, we're the collaborators in this. So I totally get that. Um, so, and it did work, um, Brenda, it absolutely did work. The next load of laundry that I did smelled completely better, but more than that, when I, you know, stuck my nose into the machine, it did not smell bad at all. So anyway, uh, can you repeat the contact when you get the chance here? I'm going to, I'll post it in the comments and that way you can just maybe do the email right away. Oops.com. There you go. And I'm going to see if I can show that comment. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So now you guys have my email address. Now I can't promise you it's going to be a full on reading, but I will certainly look at what the pain and pressure points are for you and see if there is some advice that I can offer up for what you're experiencing. Um, okay. Unfortunately, that is it for me this morning. Uh, I do want to just mention one thing before I go. The moon today is in the void until 11.39 a.m. Pacific time. So what's that going to be? 2.39 uh, Eastern Daylight Time. And so we're kind of in that waffling, you know, going around and around kind of time. It's probably not a good time to start something new until we get the energy of the, of the next moon, which will go into Capricorn. A good sign to get things done, right? Capricorn is disciplined and responsible. The moon here is keeping our emotions kind of within boundaries so that we can move forward and get things done. It's realistic. It's a seize the moment and do the work kind of energy. It creates opportunities. So it's a good energy for us to move into. So we'll have the, the moon in Capricorn until we get to uh, Wednesday, I think it is. And it will be changing Wednesday in the morning. So, so we have time to get some work done, right? To avoid the narrow-mindedness, rigidness of, of Capricorn in the negative. Don't let fear rule any of your actions. Even if you are emotionally triggered by something, don't let fear responses come to the surface. That is more of the negative uh, response of Capricorn um as well as being opportunistic greedy or depressed uh it's that you know saturn influence there so lead by example uh be respectful and be respected right do do what you can to to bring those energies forward be honorable take care have a great day have a great week i'll see you on friday bye for now everyone